0: Life is complex. Join us for the simple gifts of wisdom, love, and delight in the written word. The Song of Hiawatha by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Part 4 Hiawatha and Mudjikiwis. Out of childhood into manhood now had grown my Hiawatha, skilled in all the craft of hunters. Learned in all the lore of old men, in all youthful sports and pastimes, in all manly arts and labors. Swift of foot was Hiawatha. He could shoot an arrow from him and run forward with such fleetness that the arrow fell behind him. Strong of arm was Hiawatha. He could shoot ten arrows upward, shoot them with such strength and swiftness that the tenth had left the bowstring ere the first to earth had fallen. He had mittens, Minjikawun, magic mittens made of deerskin. When upon his hands he wore them, he could smite the rocks asunder. He could grind them into powder. He had moccasins enchanted, magic moccasins of deerskin. When he bound them round his ankles, when upon his feet he tied them, at each stride a mile he measured. Much he questioned old Nokomis of his father Majikewis. Learned from her the fatal secret of the beauty of his mother of the falsehood of his father. And his heart was hot within him, like a living coal his heart was. Then he said to old Nokomis, I will go to Mudjikiewis, see how it fares with my father, at the doorways of the west wind, at the portals of the sunset. From his lodge went Hiawatha, dressed for travel, armed for hunting, dressed in deerskin shirt and leggings, richly wrought with quills and wampum, on his head his eagle feathers, round his waist his belt of wampum, in his hand his bow of ashwood, strung with sinews of the reindeer. In his quiver oaken arrows tipped with jasper, winged with feathers. With his mittens Minjikawun, with his moccasins enchanted. Warning said the old Nokomis Go not forth, O Hiawatha, to the kingdom of the west wind, to the realms of Mudjikiwis, lest he harm you with his magic lest he kill you with his cunning. But the fearless Hiawatha heeded not her woman's warning. Forth he strode into the forest. At each stride a mile he measured. Lurid seemed the sky above him. Lurid seemed the earth beneath him. Hot and close the air around him, filled with smoke and fiery vapors, as of burning woods and prairies. For his heart was hot within him, like a living coal his heart was. So he journeyed westward, westward, left the fleetest deer behind him, left the antelope and bison, crossed the rushing Esconaba, crossed the mighty Mississippi, past the mountains of the prairie, past the land of crows and foxes, past the dwellings of the Blackfeet, came unto the rocky mountains, to the kingdom of the west wind, where upon the gusty summits sat the ancient Mudgekeewis, ruler of the winds of heaven. Filled with awe was Hiawatha at the aspect of his father. On the air about him wildly tossed and streamed his cloudy tresses. Gleamed like drifting snow his tresses. Glared like Ishkuda the comet, like the star with fiery tresses. Filled with joy was Majikewis when he looked on Hiawatha. Saw his youth rise up before him in the face of Hiawatha. Saw the beauty of Winona from the grave rise up before him. Welcome, said he, Hiawatha, to the kingdom of the West Wind. Long have I been waiting for you. Youth is lovely, age is lonely. Youth is fiery, age is frosty. You bring back the days departed, you bring back my youth of passion, and the beautiful Winona. Many days they talked together, questioned, listened, waited, answered. Much the mighty Mujikkiwis boasted of his ancient prowess of his perilous adventures, his indomitable courage, his invulnerable body. Patiently sat Hiawatha, listening to his father's boasting. With a smile he sat and listened, uttered neither threat nor menace. Neither word nor look betrayed him, but his heart was hot within him, like a living coal his heart was. Then he said, O Majekewis, is there nothing that can harm you? Nothing that you are afraid of? And the mighty Mujicuus, grand and gracious in his boasting, answered, saying, There is nothing, nothing but the black rock yonder, nothing but the fatal wall beak. And he looked at Hiawatha with a wise look and benignant, with a countenance paternal, looked with pride upon the beauty of his tall and graceful figure, saying, O my Hiawatha, is there anything can harm you, anything you are afraid of? But the wary Hiawatha paused a while as if uncertain, held his peace as if resolving, and then answered, there is nothing, nothing but the bulrush yonder, nothing but the great Apuqua. And as Majikewis, rising, stretched his hand to pluck the bulrush, Hiawatha cried in terror, cried in well-dissembled terror, Kago, Kago, do not touch it. Ah, Kawin, said Majikewis, no, indeed, I will not touch it. Then they talked of other matters. First of Hiawatha's brothers. First of Wabun, of the East Wind. Of the South Wind, Shawandasi. Of the North, Kabibonaka. Then of Hiawatha's mother. Of the beautiful Winona. Of her birth upon the meadow. Of her death, as old Nokomis had remembered and related. And he cried, O Mudjekeewis! It was you who killed Winona, took her young life and her beauty broke the lily of the prairie, trampled it beneath your footsteps. You confess it, you confess it! And the mighty Mudjikiewis tossed upon the wind his tresses, bowed his hoary head in anguish, with a silent nod assented. Then up started Hiawatha, and with threatening look and gesture laid his hand upon the black rock, on the fatal Wabik laid it. With his mittens Minjikawun rent the jutting crag asunder, smote and crushed it into fragments, hurled them madly at his father, the remorseful Mujikiwis, for his heart was hot within him, like a living coal his heart was. But the ruler of the west wind blew the fragments backward from him, with the breathing of his nostrils, with the tempest of his anger, blew them back at his assailant, seized the bulrush, the apuqua, dragged it with its roots and fibers from the margin of the meadow, from its ooze the giant bulrush. Long and loud laughed Hiawatha. Then began the deadly conflict, hand to hand among the mountains. From his eyrie screamed the eagle, the kaneu, the great war eagle, sat upon the crags around them, wheeling flapped his wings above them. Like a tall tree in the tempest, bent and lashed the giant bulrush, and in masses huge and heavy crashing fell the fatal wah till the earth shook with the tumult and confusion of the battle, and the air was full of shoutings, and the thunder of the mountains, starting, answered, Bame, wawa." Back retreated Mujikkiwis, rushing westward o'er the mountains, stumbling westward down the mountains. Three whole days retreated fighting, still pursued by Hiawatha to the doorways of the west wind, to the portals of the sunset, to the earth's remotest border, "'where into the empty spaces sinks the sun "'as a flamingo drops into her nest at nightfall "'in the melancholy marshes. "'Hold at length,' cried Majekewis. "'Hold, my son, my Hiawatha. "'Tis impossible to kill me, "'for you cannot kill the immortal. "'I have put you to this trial, "'but to know and prove your courage. "'Now receive the prize of valor. "'Go back to your home and people. Live among them, toil among them, cleanse the earth from all that harms it. Clear the fishing grounds and rivers, slay all monsters and magicians, all the wendigos, the giants, all the serpents, and kenna as I slew the Mishimaqua, slew the great bear of the mountains. And at last, when death draws near you, when the awful eyes of Pauguk glare upon you in the darkness, I will share my kingdom with you. Ruler shall you be thenceforward of the northwest wind, Kiwadin? Thus was fought that famous battle in the dreadful days of Shasha, in the days long since departed, in the kingdom of the west wind. Still the hunter sees its traces scattered far o'er hill and valley, sees the giant bulrush growing by the ponds and water courses, sees the masses of the Walbeak lying still in every valley. Homeward now went Hiawatha. Pleasant was the landscape round him, pleasant was the air above him, for the bitterness of anger had departed wholly from him, from his brain thought of vengeance, from his heart the burning fever. Only once his pace he slackened, only once he paused or halted, paused to purchase heads of arrows of the ancient arrow-maker in the land of the Dakotas, where the falls of Minnehaha flash and gleam among the oak trees laugh and leap into the valley. There the ancient arrow-maker made his arrowheads of sandstone, arrow-heads of chalcedony, arrow-heads of flint and jasper, smoothed and sharpened at the edges, hard and polished, keen and costly. With him dwelt his dark-eyed daughter, wayward as the mini-haha, with her moods of shade and sunshine, eyes that smiled and frowned alternate, Feet as rapid as the river, tresses flowing like the water, and as musical a laughter. And he named her from the river, from the waterfall he named her, Minnehaha, Laughing Water. Was it then for heads of arrows, arrowheads of Chalcedony, arrowheads of flint and jasper, that my Hiawatha halted in the land of the Dakotas? Was it not to see the maiden, see the face of Laughing Water, peeping from behind the curtain, hear the rustling of her garments from behind the waving curtain, as one sees the Minnehaha gleaming, glancing through the branches, as one hears the laughing water from behind its screen of branches. Who shall say what thoughts and visions fill the fiery brains of young men? Who shall say what dreams of beauty filled the heart of Hiawatha? All he told to old Nokomis when he reached the lodge at sunset was the meeting with his father was his fight with Mujikiewicz. Not a word, he said, of arrows, not a word of laughing water. Tis the gift to be simple. Tis the gift to be free. Tis the gift to come down where we ought to be. And when we find ourselves in the place just right, t'will be in the valley of love and delight. When true simplicity is gained... To bow and to bend, we will not be ashamed. To turn, turn will be our delight, till by turning, turning, we come round right.